Hey everybody, let's whip up some fancy French space mechrons and steal them from a little kid to satisfy our sweet tooth. How'd you like that one, Mike? We'll we'll try a different one at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to our mini episode talking about the Mandalorian, the siege. Mm. I don't even remember which chapter it is, but no, I don't it's even know. episode four of the newest season, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, how'd you how'd you feel about this one, Mike? I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what I liked about it so much, but um, I'm a big I I was until I learned some you know unsettling news. I guess I was a big mm-hmm. Cara Dune fan. I really like her as a character, um, and I thought she was used really well. Um, I thought. This was a cool episode of just like tension employed well, and mm-hmm. also it felt like it was stepping us closer to um the why of the child and the empire wanting him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like M count, obviously, Metachlorian count. I think you know, any Star Wars fans can yeah. see that, but um. So it's really interesting. It seems like the empire is like trying to. I don't know. We'll get into that, but. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know all the lab stuff. The it, it feel like it's pushing the larger plot forward, and just the right amount of tension and stormtrooper and action and fun and old characters who I do enjoy come back to us. Um, even that blue guy, I don't even know his name. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> like, I actively disliked him when I first saw him, and he grew on me. Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah, I think there's some debate. I've heard. I've heard because he's referred to as Mithril. Um, but they don't know if that's his his race or if that's his name. Mm-hmm. I think it's his name, but some people, because I think in the first episode they just called him like the Mithril or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. People are confused. I don't think it matters. Um, I agree. I actually want to start off. I want to I want to start off with with kind of the one concern I have because I want to get that out of the way to talk about everything I liked about this episode because I really did like this episode. Um. The video gaminess of it, which we've talked about a couple times, is a little bit silly for me. Like, this is the third episode or every episode so far where it's been something like the Mando needs something. So they, the Mando goes somewhere with Baby Yoda. And then that person's like, Yeah, I'll help you out, but you got to do something for me first. And that's been every episode so far of this season. And, I after last episode, I just kind of wanted them to move on with the story and get to Ahsoka. And so when he's like, "Oh, we won't make it. We got to make one more stop first. I just kind of rolled my eyes. But I think they pulled it off really well. The thing that saved it is, unlike the first two episodes, like you said, it pushes the universe forward. It pushes the story forward in some really cool and interesting ways. So it didn't bug me as much. But I don't know. I could see the video gaminess of it getting old for me if they keep it up for the last four episodes yeah i'm hanging on to yeah if they did it every episode it would be problematic Mm -hmm. i'm yeah it would get old it was cool but it's cool for the filler episodes but as we're getting towards like episodes that are really progressing plot and story i'm gonna be bummed if they're still using it yeah but you know i'm I'm okay with it. Like I said, I wanted to just 
say that so we can get the bad stuff out of the way because I really this episode really worked for me. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's just so many so many good things in this. Um, maybe the first thing is that um, let's talk about the ending of it because that's probably the most interesting implication. Do you think? that those dark troopers that Gideon is standing by has anything to do with the lab that they talk about the M count and they're taking baby Yoda blood from, or is that a completely separate thing? Because I have two theories with that. And hadn't thought about it. Um, but I, I, I think if subconsciously I made the connection that they have something to do with M count with medichlorians. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, that, so that would, it would make sense. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, the two things are so evidently this was confirmed if you listen to the like the assisted audio of the episode where it actually literally tells you what's on screen in case your vision's not um able to yeah. differentiate. So and at the very end it says that Gideon is standing with a bunch of dark troopers. So we don't know if that's just them describing it or if they're literally called dark troopers. And if they are called, called dark troopers, that is something from the EU that they are bringing back. They are, um, I forgot what, what the, I forgot what game it was. It was from a game with the Kyle Katarn. Um, but they're basically, Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. They're like in the video game, they're like death troopers that are robots that are super hard to kill and it's a secret weapon of the Empire. And um they kind of looked Cylon y to me on this. Yeah, so. they did to me. That's the fir the first thing I thought of is like, oh, it's like a mm -hmm. K2SO uh Cylon. Yeah, totally. And so they were kind of a fan favorite bad guy in the EU um, and they used them in ways that were pretty scary and fun like adding a little bit of a horror element to it um, so people are really excited about just them being pulled back into canon from the EU um, the other thing though that's interesting is when they're in that lab and they're talking about M counts and we see the people in the tubes I mean my mind went straight to the failed snow clones in the last movie. Oh uh, yeah. That's and funny. they also played uh Snoke's theme song over it. Oh wow. So that means either one, I'm wondering if the M counts they're doing some sort of cloning, they're doing something that we've heard even in the actual Disney canon there are undead troopers, so I wonder if these dark troopers are like they're bringing into canon some sort of zombie death trooper thing, which would be crazy. Or baby Yoda is the key for how Palpatine clones himself and comes back in rise of Skywalker. That's funny because the person in the tube does vaguely resemble a snokish bald thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And hundred percent. Yeah. That's, hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah. Even though I don't like the Palpatine thing in general, like I love the connections to the greater universe. So I'm really interested to see where that goes. Um, the other stuff I liked is I do think the idea of, I forgot what this town's called, but the town that they're at, it being kind of rejuvenated with Cara Dune being the marshal and Carl space, Carl Weathers being the like president of the planet. Um, them building a school like that stuff I thought was really fun. 
Um, a little Easter egg too is that there's a statue of IG Eleven in the background yeah. in the town. Yeah. Um, they they're honoring him after sacrificing himself for the crew and Baby Yoda, which was noble. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that stuff was fun. Again, building the the world. By the way, do you know how old Carl Weathers is? Oh shoot, he's. I mean, since I was a kid, he's been old. So I don't really know. It's wild. I feel like he looks fifty. But I looked it up. He's 72. I mean, that makes sense. I remember him feeling like grandparent age when he was in like Happy Gilmore. (laughs) Yeah. Which is where I always connect him. Yeah. I just love that he's still running around doing his blasting, doing his action scenes. Also, he directed this. Yeah, I I know. I saw that. I I, I audibly gasped at the end when it said Carl Weathers because I was like, oh, I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, I think what? I read. I have a weird. I think I read it was his first thing he's ever directed, which is oh, wow. congrats. Yeah, that's huge. It's it's funny. I I don't know why I feel like an affinity towards Carl Weathers, just because <laughs> everything he's been in that I've seen him in is kind of a little goofy, or he's is lighthearted, or he's just very. I don't know. He brings a little levity, like to everything. Maybe not Predator, but or Rocky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a little bit in Rocky, but he just yeah. kind of lifts things up a little bit. And so anytime I see him, I'm like, oh, Carl. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's here. Yeah, he's just so darn likable. Yeah, he really is. Yep. Um, another canon implication I was thinking about, which this might be going off the deep end, but um, presumably we're going to see Ahsoka soon. And Bo Katan last episode said, oh, you need to find Jedi? Go. Go find Ahsoka Tano. This might be a little crazy, but technically, Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Um, so I started to think, like, obviously she knows Jedi, but what Jedi does she still know? At this point, the only Jedi that would be around would be Luke and etc. Which I, they're never going to bring Luke Skywalker into this. Oh, I don't know. If they were ever going to use Luke for anything ever again, this would be the time and place. Before yeah, that would be, be wild. Before he, you know, passes. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that's dark. But you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, well, he would be way. Old. I mean, if they use Mark Hamill, he would be way older than he should be for this. This. Part oh of the yeah, story. that's right. He would be like he yeah. would yeah because. I mean, how, 10 years You'd after have to do some de-aging thing. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing I was thinking is presumably between now and the end of Rebels, she might have found Ezra. So that or, what if that this or is Leia. a way? Yeah. yeah. What if this is a way to bring, introduce an adult Ezra into live action, which would be wild? Yeah. I think adult Ezra, Luke, Leia... And yeah, because that still works with because Yoda said there are no more Jedi at the end, um, until Luke obviously tries to train up Leia. Yeah, um, but maybe Yoda doesn't know about Ezra because he got, you know, what happened to him at the end of the season, yeah, uh, or the series of Rebels, which I don't want to say because who knows if you watched it yet. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So just might be something interesting. Yeah. Um. One other thing that I'd just like to shout out is I love that like the old the older pilots in the rebellion, like the dude at the end, he was part of Blue Squadron, he probably fought in the war. And now they're just like, Oh, you've earned your you've is earned your time, detective? buddy. 
Now you're just, yeah, just space cop. It's just like the old guys going around from planet to planet, just handing out citations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of love, love it. his job. Yeah. Also, that was a great moment in general. Um, mm-hmm. They could have gotten real cheesy with that, but I thought that was a, a, a moment done well with Kara and her her past. And it's one of the reasons I, mm-hmm. I really like that character. And maybe now's the time to talk about her outside yeah, of Star probably. Wars. But Yeah, it's interesting because I think originally this, you know, he, he invites her to be a space cop, essentially. Yeah. And... I think originally the plan was to get her her own series because people did really like that character. This was a surprise to you last night. I guess you didn't you haven't known the drama, which honestly, good for you. I'm glad that you you aren't part of it. And kind of not um, interested. Um Yeah. I yeah, but let's talk about it. Well, it's just one of those things like Twitter Twitter's mad about something every day and there's things that there's different levels of eye rolliness. This one I think is pretty legit. Um, I personally was pretty bummed, and the word on the street now is that Disney may have canceled her spinoff series. Mm-hmm. So instead of her leaving to go off to be a space cop, this might just be her leaving to go off and never be in Star Wars again because people are not very happy with her. But essentially, she has been tweeting some things she's she's very trumpy very conservative which that on its face i don't personally like but don't think that is a necessarily a crime that you should well not necessarily your job it for. isn't a crime <laughs> yeah that's true i'm i meant a social crime that you should lose your job for um but she's been a little edgelordy as well where it really feels to me like bullying and that's the part that's bugging me is the things that she's saying, the things she's tweeting seem to be doubling down because she knows that it's going to bug people. And she just wants to like piss off the snowflakes. And you know, I just don't have time for that in things that I enjoy, honestly. It just sours it for me. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's tough. I see both sides. It's like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm trying to be more empathetic to like to people who think differently than I do. And yeah, bullying's never okay. That would be a that would be a deal mm-hmm. breaker. But um I think the only way forward this is so cheesy, the only way forward is together. Mm-hmm. Like and um I, I this is maybe too lofty, but I almost wish the fa- Star Wars fandom would have represented um, would represent a little better when something happens, and instead of just you know getting you know m- meeting fire with fire, um, taking a different approach of what what benefit is it to you know let someone go and cancel someone's thing? I mean, I I get it, like it's I you know we're we're taking a stance and saying no, we're not going to put our dollars behind that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also power in being like, you know, Disney's a large corporation. I love that a large corporation is taking a stance, but, you know, we don't condone that. I would appreciate more of like a we don't condone hate or bullying. If it's bullying, indeed, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I just, just struggle with like, how do we how do we come together and not push her away and be like, oh, you're bad. See ya. Mm-hmm. Well, there's it's that's the thing is it I don't. There's a ta Coates conversation 
that if you're not familiar with him, he's oh, there. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. And one of the things that he said in this in this talk that I listened to that it stuck with me is why are we always why is the onus on the ones that have the least amount of power the ones that are supposed to be chill? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Honestly, he was talking about it in terms of police brutality, like with police, the people with the guns and the people with the tanks are the ones that should be de-escalating should be the ones that are keeping the peace not the people who are being oppressed not the people who are getting those guns shot in their face and then the protesters are saying oh well they escalated so now the police get to beat them up that was his context but i think it applies in here because you know why are the people who have suffered from like discrimination for being trans the ones that have to be like oh now we're all gonna come together like and cara dune just gets to like make fun of them and like be an edge lord and like we're the onus is on the people who are hurt by her words to like try to mend that relationship like that's the part that kind of bugs me about it and like in context i look at the james gunn thing that happened he got fired um by disney because years ago tweets came out where he was trying to be an edge lord he, he said it exactly he was like oh i thought i was being funny but I was just being offensive and I said things that were hurtful, but he apologized for it before it even became like came out because these were made before he was famous. And someone went through five years ago, saw some tweets and was like, Oh, check this out. And it became a, a thing, but he had already apologized for it. When it came out, he instantly was like, I don't want to hurt people. I was trying to be funny. It was stupid. I'm sorry, but he still got fired. And like that I think is, way too far i think a lot of people were upset about that and luckily he got his job back by contrast this is like hey hey cara dune that this hurts people's feelings and she's like yeah well grow some balls jerk like at that point i don't i don't i think it takes two people to have the like let's come together and heal the country conversation and the onus isn't just on the people who are being hurt and offended yeah does that make sense it does <clears throat> and they I I love that. I love that all. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think not that we were having a debate here um, yeah. and the purpose was to win me over, but you've won me over. Yeah, totally. No, I, I get but, that. Um, and the thing I want to make clear too, if really you don't good. mind me jumping in, is like, this isn't necessarily like, I like, I think a lot of people who are against cancel culture, quote unquote, think it's like, oh, like this doesn't actually, no one actually cares about this stuff. You're just being politically correct. Like it legitimately bugs me. Like I'm not just saying this because like I think like she broke the rules and needs to go to like PC police need to throw her in jail. Like I'm, when I see her on screen now, it literally like bums me out. Like I don't like seeing her on screen. And so like one of my huge pet peeves is this free speech conversation because that gets thrown around a lot. It's like, well, she's just exercising her free speech. And I don't, I'm not saying this is what you think, but I'm just saying in general, I've heard this a lot in the discourse and like free speech. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. If you look at the first amendment, you are protected in your free speech against the government. The government specifically cannot create a law that infringes on your free speech. There is no free speech issue with a company saying, Hey, you're doing something we don't like, so we don't want to work with you. If they have the free speech to say things that are offensive, then the company has the free speech and the right to decide not to continue working with that person anymore. And at this point, it's just, I think she's 
alienated enough Star Wars fans that it's when the Cara Dune show finally launches, less people are going to be stoked about it because of her actions off screen. And I don't necessarily think, you know, if you want the right to say whatever you want, then, you know, you have the right to deal with the consequences of that as well. Yeah. That's my soapbox. I don't know how we got here, but I don't know. It's it's it does bum me out. Um, yeah. No, I just you, it'll be interesting to see in the future what happens with her. Yeah. No, it's good. And I was the one who wanted to have the conversation because this was all new to yeah. me, and I didn't I didn't know what was going on with her, and um, I I didn't know how far she had taken it, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. And I I think where I I struggle when I hear stuff like this, my initial struggle, I'm like. And I, I'm reconciling it as you're talking, but I go, well, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that to her, then look, uh, you know, I, I my, my mind goes, well, look back in history at all the artists who were terrible and how do we reconcile that? But I guess the big yeah. difference here is because I love some authors who I, you know, in 2020 wouldn't probably even get their stuff to a publisher because they've done so much shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess the difference here is it's not 1920, it's 2020 and we're mm-hmm. able to vote and not just vote but um employ like tell companies vote with our money and our voices and also yeah um you know support give our time to things that you know um we want to see reflected in our world and mm-hmm. we weren't we wouldn't retroactively be able to do that like i can't be like Sorry, Ernest. I mean, we're not going to read your book because you're, you know, you treat women poorly. Um, yeah. Not to say that that all historical figures get a pass, but um, yeah, I don't know. I th- we have we have the ability to change what's happening right now, yeah. not in the future, or, pa- or not in the past. We do so. Yeah, I think that's well said, and it's 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 a really difficult conversation, and this comes up all the time. Is like, where do you draw the line with it, and? I don't know the answer to that from me. It's just, it's my conscience. Mm. You know, I, you know, this, I was growing up the biggest Michael Jackson fan in the world. But after the most recent documentary, like I just, I just can't when his song comes on, it literally bums me out. Yeah. And so it's, it's less of a strategic conversation of like, okay, when did he cross the line of, all right, he got canceled at this date. So now I'm just like, it just, you know, I'm just, it's not fun to listen to Michael Jackson anymore. That's a bummer for the world that that stuff happened. It's a bummer that we have to have, it's just all all of it's not fun to talk about. And so I'm just, I'm exiting myself from the Michael Jackson sphere because it just, it all bums me out. Yeah. So, you know, go with your gut and, Hopefully you're not, I don't know, you're a good person, care about people and, yeah. you know, I'm not going to blame you if you want to make a, make a choice for yourself to keep listening to Michael Jackson after weighing the pros and cons, but. I just wish I hard. wouldn't have drawn that Cara Dune picture now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is how this all came up. <laughs> yeah. After the episode, I watched the episode last night and I said, oh, look, while I was watching, I drew a picture of her for the, for the post. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I found out and I was like, man, I just wasted so much time. And the picture looks great. And now I'm thinking, yeah, just, it does look good. No, there's no way. There's no nice way to publish <laughs> it. So I was like, well, I'll just write Edgelord on it and publish it. But I'm like, mm. <laughs> then that's bullying, maybe. So, yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah. The funny, the best thing too about this is there was a new story about the whole drama um, that just got aggregated to me on Google News. And I was reading it. And the first quote of, 
fans pushing back against space Cara Dune is a tweet from Jonah Murray. So I love that Jonah Murray is being quoted. What did it say? That's so good. Uh, I don't have it up right now. I tweeted it, um, but it it was what very well said. Mm -hmm. She was, she was an advocate for, for understanding and tolerance and not being a bully. Yeah. And that's great. I, I love that she was speaking out and got, got caught. Got a, I do too. And yeah. And I'm glad we I'm glad we have this conversation because um, I think you really eloquently laid that all out. Like also, there there's a card that anyone plays, and I'm like, oh, that person said it. I'm in Tanahishi Coates, mm-hmm. the Tanahishi Coates card. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? He does. There's so much that dude. I know that guy is unreal, just unreal. Whatever mm-hmm. in his creative and in his intellect and in his um, wow. I've never. Yeah, I'm rereading his Black Panther run right now, and it's fantastic. And that's it's that's even that's just like his nerd stuff. That's not even his social yeah, commentary his social stuff. Social stuff is is so, it's great. I I when I was a high school teacher, I would show videos of him speaking. My students were sick of it, but I would show different <laughs> different topics. He had a really great one on using the N word and yeah. why not to or why to, and it was, it was really no. Anyways, amazing person. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, the last thing I'll say is I just baby Yoda killed him oh again. Oh my god, I was laughing. A couple great baby Yoda, baby Yoda in Yoda class. Spot. Holy yeah, that was so good. moly, that was amazing. I was losing it. Yeah, my favorite part of the entire episode was um, this is a small moment, but when the Razor Crest does that nosedive and baby Yoda just puts his arms up like Yay. he's on a roller coaster. <laughs> so I, I rewound it because it sounds like my, um, our son Elliot's 15 months old uh, and he makes the same noise as baby Yoda makes. And it sounded exactly so like funny. that. Yay. Yeah. And that bit where baby Yoda's fixing the ship really worked for me too. Oh, it's great. Geez, that was scary. Yeah. Oh my God. There was, yeah, there was a lot in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, good one. Cool. Well, do you have anything else that you wanted to chat about before we wrap this now up? Let's wrap this mother up. Okay. Well, ding, ding, ding. My oven's done. Looks like the macarons are ready. Okay. So I'm going to yeah. go take care of those. Yeah, okay. Let's not use that one anymore. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.